This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Look at that. From the Tasty Gate Studios, Jack Fritz, Elliot Shore Parks here on Go Birds Radio. Big day, a lot to get to. Elliot was down at camp. We'll get to that. Some old friends meet up yesterday. Uh, we'll get to that. And of course, everything else. 215 592 9494. Elliot Shore Parks. How's it going, buddy? What up, man? You know, it's always sad when James isn't here. I mean, I'm happy that he's off living his best life. Yeah, but I got to be honest. He's 39. It's probably time to grow up a little bit. We don't need to go to a fish concert four and five days. Taking shots at James (laughs) off the top. What I was going to say was, whenever James isn't here, it's sad, but I'm happy you're here. You know, you're you're basically part of the Go Birds family at this point. I mean, people do forget I was a member of the original Go Birds. Yeah. Are we in the trust tree? We are always in the trust tree. Always in the trust tree. When I host. Because I got some Jalen takes that are going to have to be trust tree you know just no, between me and you Tom. yeah just between yeah. us no one out there no one out there is listening it's just you and i right uh unfortunately right now uh, we are watching a replay of the eagles steelers game it's on our tv yes uh, the, the bad half of the game is yes on. when it was not crisp as, no as nick sirianni would say and uh jj i think a white side already being brutal kind of forgot he's on the field on thursday night elliot well the fact he was in in the fourth quarter is not a good indication for his chances of making the roster. And we'll talk about us down there at practice today. He actually had a decent day of practice, wow. but the fact that he played in the fourth quarter, uh, not great for JJ's chances. Right. So Thursday night happens, Elliot. Uh, it was just nice having football back. I mean, there's yeah. the fans are back. You guys are down at the pregame show. Well, it sounds silly to stay, but it is real. It is true. Like being at the stadium last year was was lonely. Like there was no fans there. I would do my pregame hits uh, like off somewhere on, on a set of steps at the link. like right. And so the fact that I was back there at the pregame show, we had Ike, Glenn, Rube, the fans. So that alone was just a really cool experience. Yeah, and, and I would say, listening back here, it feels like, you know, there's some positive Elliot, you know, shout-outs from the crowd. Yeah. In years past, it'd be a lot of, you know. We needed security. Yeah, we, we needed extra detail when it right, came to right. the pregame show. But it feels like the tide might be turning down. Well, there. you say they win ele- they're going to win 11 games and Jalen Hurts going to have 35 touchdowns. People start to like you yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, people start to turn. It's good to 
see. It's about time people came around, Elliot. Yes. So, Elliot, uh, Thursday night happens. You guys uh, did not do a post-game pod. Uh, I just kind of want to see, like, what, what hit you hit yeah. you after Thursday night? Let's start with Jalen Hurts. So, Jalen Hurts, if that throw to Dallas Goddard, which is now, I think, almost becoming, like, a legendary throw which yeah. how much with how much we're talking about yeah. this. It's up there with the, the, the flea flicker to Torrey Smith. Yes, like the, it's, it's, the Carson to, to Miles Sanders throw. Yeah, yep. But – that throw to Dallas Goddard was important, and it was a great throw because if Jalen Hurts is going to be a successful quarterback, ultimately he's going to have to throw accurately from the pocket, like all other quarterbacks, right? I mean, you look at just around the league. If you're not a consistently accurate passer, you're not going to be successful. Jalen checks off all the boxes, but like all second-year quarterbacks, he has to go and prove he can do that. So the pass to Goddard was great to see visually. It was, it was in stride, by the way, something we've not seen from quarterbacks around here very much. Dallas Goddard was able to get yards after the catch, and it was a, a staple play of Sirianni's offense. When, you, when Sirianni first came here from Indianapolis and he did these great videos with the Eagles website explaining what his offense looks like, a lot of it is crossing routes over the middle where guys have to get open, and, and then you have to hit them in stride so they can keep going. So the fact that Jalen hit Goddard like that was incredibly impressive. And then after the game, Sirianni says that it's a play that Jalen checked into. So you like to see that as well. He got to the line didn't like what he what he saw, changed it, went to a play that was their biggest play of the game. So for him to have those accurate passes, he had the two drops, of course, which were both well-thrown balls, the ball to Rager, the ball to Ertz. So he ends up, I believe, three of seven. Almost all of his passes were accurate. The Quez Watkins one deep looked initially like it wasn't accurate, but now Sirianni has said it and Jalen said it. The Quez was held up a little bit. So And he does throw a nice deep ball, so I'm not super concerned about that. So ultimately, from Thursday, I thought it was a really good showing for Jalen. Yeah, and and if I'm sitting here and and you're looking for my one main takeaway, yeah. was that I'm sold on Jalen Hurts. I don't wow. I don't care that it's preseason. I don't care that you know he played ten snaps or whatever. And he, honestly, the thing that annoys me the most is that he went three for seven. I know, like he didn't. Like, that's a, the whole 52% completion percentage thing last year drove me crazy because if you watched him, it was like he was much more accurate. Agreed. Like, people acted like he was Tim Tebow out there. Like, he threw a better ball last year than Carson did. He did. He did. And he threw a better deep ball, I yep. felt like. So, you know, and, and, and Thursday night to me, just think about all that has surrounded Jalen Hurts, right? Like, the whole offseason, he has to deal with them never committing to him being right. the starter. They, 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 they are con- consistently linked to other quarterbacks about bringing in another quarterback. And all he did on, on, on Thursday night was go out and just look like a quarterback, an NFL yeah. quarterback. He showed a lot of poise. And for me, that was really impressive. And the, and the one thing I don't think that gets talked about enough with Jalen is that he's 23 years old. Yeah. Like, I, I actually started thinking about the future with Jalen Hurts on Thursday night. And I didn't think I would feel that way. Because if you read all the practice stuff, it's like, oh, he looks up and down, up and down. And there was this whole kind of idea that, hey, maybe he's a gamer. And I think Thursday night proved that. Like, Thursday night he went out and, and he was a gamer. He looked like he could move the offense. If Ertz doesn't drop that ball, we have no idea. I think they score a touchdown on that they drive. Pro- <laughs> it's the new if Alshon drops it. Yeah, yeah. If mean, Alshon just- would have dropped it, Nick Foles would have won. If Zach Ertz didn't drop it, Jalen Hurts would have scored. I would say that was actually more pressure on the Ertz one than the Alshon one. Uh, I think but, without question. Yeah, without question, right? But but he, I started thinking about how good can this guy be. Mm-hmm. And at 23, he's already, I think, good enough to help this team win football games. I don't know if they have the talent to really do it. Like, I still am not a believer in the roster. But I started thinking about the ceiling of Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Because I think there's a high ceiling there for him to be in that, you know, 10 to 15 range of quarterback in the league, which is good enough. And I felt that on Thursday night because I thought the ball was accurate. I thought he's already gotten better at that kind of stuff. And I think he is a guy that is going to work and fix the corrections. And I don't think he was perfect coming out of Alabama. But I think you're already seeing – 
the steps towards him progressing into a good starting caliber NFL quarterback. So I agree with almost everything you said. I do think his ceiling is more like top 10 as opposed to top 15. I know you said 10 to 15, but I think if you're the 15th best quarterback, that's not good enough. You have to be closer to that 10 range. And he does do a lot of things well. He, he moves well. The t- his teammates really like him. He does throw a really accurate ball. Here's the problem I'm running into. And you started this by saying people are feeling good about me, so I don't want to turn right. people on me. But you got you to gotta just tell I, people what's in your yeah, gut. Yeah. The, the, the issue I'm running through is I do see him every day in practice. And I know it's practice. I know it's not the game. I get all those things. So you have to you have to put it with where it's at, right? Which is it matters, but it's not as much as what he does in the game. After having seen him now for 12 days of training camp practice, I'm concerned about just his – I just – I don't know if he's good enough. That's really where it comes down to for me. Like, when I watch him, he'll make he, – he, he doesn't often make spectacular plays, number one. He does miss guys. And my biggest concern I have with Jalen, and I think you even saw a little bit of this on Thursday night, is you would think he'd be a great red zone quarterback. And maybe ultimately he will be because of his ability to run the ball and be a threat to, to bring it in from, you know, 10 yards out or whatever. But from watching him in the red zone and just watching him run the offense in practice – it's not surprising to me that he went three for seven and they didn't score and we're still saying he was good. Because when I watch him in training camp, he's just not throwing touchdowns. And it might sound crazy to say, but I think it's important. So right now, Jalen Hurts is at 311 reps in training camp. So 311 times he's been the starting quarterback with the starters in either a seven-on-seven or 11-on-11 drill. And in those 311 reps, he has 11 touchdowns. Last year, Carson Wentz in 308 reps had 28. Now, I would rather have Jalen Hurts than Carson Wentz. But today, I'm out there at the practice field, and a perfect example of where I think Jalen's struggling was during a 7-on-7 drill from the 5-yard line. So it's 5 yards out, no defensive line, no offensive line, no pressure. He just drops back, 7-on-7. He threw the ball 5 times and had 1 touchdown. He checked it down 4 of those throws, right? And so my concern with Jalen is, I think he checks all the boxes. I think he can improve all those things. But when I watch him in practice, he just doesn't look good enough to me. 215-592-9494. Now, my one question off of that, and I'm not, you know, I, I believe your stats. I don't think you're, you're making them Well, you them better up. believe yes. them. They're what's happening yeah, in practice. Yeah, I mean, listen, numbers, <laughs> numbers don't lie. People do. That's true. That's a good model to true. live by. But are they allowing him to run, or is he just doing it straight from the pocket? It depends. So in 11-on-11 drills, he can run. In 7-on-7, he can't. And you're right that running is a part, like is going to be a big part of his game. And I, and I think, it's, especially in today's NFL, you have got to have a quarterback that can run the ball. I, I don't think it's true that you, know, you only win from the pocket. You have to be able to deliver accurate passes from the pocket, but you also have to be able to run. And so, I, look, that will add to his game. But on, but on Thursday night, you saw where they stalled was when they got close. And I know it was drops, but ultimately – they like he's not he's not getting the team in the end zone. And last year that kind of happened too against the Saints. They had the long uh, Miles Sanders touchdown. Right? How many points did they score in that game? Like seventeen. Yeah. Right? He was really good against the Cardinals. Uh, I would be interested to go back and look at the red zone. I feel like he wasn't great in the red zone against the Cardinals either. Didn't score a ton of points against Dallas. Now he's a rookie last year. Terrible situation. Really tough situation to walk to walk into. But having seen last year Jalen training camp Jalen and preseason Jalen. They're just not getting in the end zone with him at quarterback, and clearly that's a problem. Like, they're going to have to score to win these games. Breaking news, you have to score to win. Believe it or not, yes. Yeah, but, but like, in today's NFL especially, I mean, again, I can't overstress this. In a seven-on-seven drill from five yards out, 
you should be throwing three or four touchdowns, period. Like Carson Wentz, for all of his flaws. Your your good close friend, big fan of. who I've always defended. Carson Wentz would do these seven-on-seven drills, and he'd throw it seven times and have five touchdowns. Like, that's what you – you see Nick Mullins do it in practice. Like, all the the quarterbacks Eagles have had, Jalen is struggling to get them in the end zone, and that's my concern is that I think Jalen has all the qualities you want in a quarterback – but something's just not, he's not put it all together yet, I guess is where I'm at. And I think he can put it together. But as, as someone that Betty, Betty would score 35 touchdowns right. with Howard Eskin. Which is a lot. Yeah, which is a lot, but it, it is a lot. But I wish he was, I thought he'd be further along, I guess, at this point. Yeah, and I think, I think what you're doing is you're seeing what you saw at practice and you're letting it get in the way of what your heart is telling but you. But how can I not, though? Like, I know. I, I stand Listen, out there every day. I know, and I feel that. But I got to tell you, man, after Thursday night, after everything that is surrounding him, I just feel really good, and I'm all in on Jalen Hurts. I think this guy's going to win games. I think he's accurate enough. They didn't even let him do anything with his legs on Thursday. Like, he took the one run. Right. He got out of the pocket on the one. I get that. Threw um, it away. But he was, which is a big step forward. Great quote after the game, too. He says, I would rather throw it away than take a 20-yard loss. And Carson must be chilling on the injured list in Indianapolis. Like, ah, I don't know. About uh, what that. a novel concept. Yeah, what an idea that is. What a novel concept. But I just... It's for everything that was surrounding that guy and at 23 to go out there and just look like how a quarterback is supposed yeah. to look. And honestly, what's funny is the part that like almost sold me in a way was that he took the deep shot. And I was like, I, I didn't know. know a quarterback was allowed to do that. Like, well, the other so great thing, the other great thing about that was not just that he took the deep shot, the coaching staff trusted him enough. They're at the two yard line. I think he threw it every play, right? Or then he had the completion Ertz to get him to get him uh, off the goal line. So the coaching staff seems to trust him. The, when Sirianni talks about him now, they seem to be more positive on him. Before it was mostly just about how you know, oh, what a great guy he is. And I guess now they've had a chance to work with him. They talk more about his actual skill set and things he does well. Right. So yeah, I, look again. Thursday night I thought was good, but ultimately, have we lowered the bar so much that three for seven for fifty four yards is like, oh, we're in. Like that's it. Uh, I did watch the worst quarterback in the league last year, so I think that has something to do with it. Maybe that's it. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four is how you get in. After Thursday night, are you are you buying more into Jalen Hurts? Are you all in on Jalen Hurts? Because my gut feeling uh, leaving Thursday was like, wow, I think they can win some games with this guy. Elliot's not there yet. Uh, We'll get to all your calls coming up next. All right, before we go to the break, I have got to tell you guys about my favorite app, the best app I have on my phone. The, the Park Sportsbook is the official sportsbook partner of the real sports fan. Golf is in full swing. You can bet on it all. Baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Live in-game play-by-play betting, which lets you bet while you watch. It's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino, casino in Pennsylvania and the only one I recommend. I have some soccer bets out right now that I've been tracking. You can bet the money line as it changes during the game on the Park Sportsbook app and bet on individual player performances as they happen. Baseball, you can bet hits, home runs, pitcher strikeouts, every inning. Golf, bet on match winners, bet on leaders after rounds and more. Or you can always bet on spreads, parlays, props, teasers, and over-unders. If you listen to Go Birds, you know we love a nice parlay. New customers, sign up right now and get your first risk-free bet up to $500. You just download the app or click parkscasino.com forward slash PA and use promo code GOBIRDS. Your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. The website has all the details. It's Go Birds Radio here on Sports Radio 94 WIP 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. It's Jack Fritz, Elliot Shore Parks. I'm in for James Seltzer, who is seeing his fifth fish show in four days or four? So four days. So it's James Seltzer and his lovely wife. It's their 10-year anniversary. Oh, okay. So, of course, what naturally all couples do for their 10-year anniversary <laughs> 
He went to a fish show Wednesday night. Yeah. He uh, was back on work Thursday, very admirable. Yes. And then he was Friday, Saturday, and I believe Sunday he's seeing a fish show. So let me ask you this. Yes. Right? His favorite thing about fish is they never play the same song twice in a concert. Like he said one time they played 13, 13 straight concerts without playing the favorite song. Wow, it's almost as impressive as the uh, DiMaggio streak, 56 yeah. straight. But in. here's my thing. When you go to a concert, don't you just want to hear the hits? Like, if I'm at a concert, I just want to hear them play the songs that yeah, I like but, the best. Yeah, but with, what Fish does is they cover a lot of other songs. So like oh, they, so they're stealing other people's hits. Yeah, yeah they're, basically, okay. they're basically just a cover band. Yeah, okay. So that like makes if, more sense. And though. if they were actually good, you'd probably hear them on the radio more. But, you know, I don't want to I don't want to dampen James for True. his- True. I'm sure he's listening. I'm sure yeah. he's fired up about this. So, um, But, yeah, it's Go Birds Radio, 94 WIP. James Seltzer, I'm in for him, Jack Fritz. Uh, James is in a, probably another universe right now down there at the Fish Hope he's having fun. Yes. But we're talking about Jalen Hurts, uh, and after Thursday night, I just believe more in the guy. I, I, you know, I thought after what he did, all the pressure that has surrounded him, uh, to come in, be poised, look like a quarterback, look like the, the moment was too, wasn't too big for him. I know it was preseason, but, mm. like, after all – like, seriously, they haven't committed to him. Yeah. They've been rumored to want another quarterback the whole offseason. And then, they, like, he just went out there and executed the offense, and I was really, really impressed, and well, I, I I'm more in on him. he's probably – there, there's not many quarterbacks in the NFL that have more pressure on them in the preseason, right? I mean, you could argue, like, uh, Mac Jones and Cam Newton because they're competing. Ultimately, right. that's going to be Mac Jones' job. But, like, Jalen Hurts' career is kind of on the line in this preseason. It sounds crazy, but if he's bad in the preseason or then, you know, he's bad one or two games and gets benched, like, he's probably a career backup yeah. from that point. I don't know if another team gives him a chance. That's the reality of it when you're a second-round pick. So he is under a lot of pressure for sure. Right. 215-592-9494. You in on Jalen Hurts after Thursday? You're still a little skeptical. Let's go to the phones and talk to our buddy Tom from Abington. What's happening, buddy? Hey, yo, fellas. How are we doing today? I was told that you have to lead off this show every every week, even though you were the second caller uh, mm. in today. So a little slow <laughs> with the trigger finger to get in. But yeah. uh, it's good to talk to you, Tom. What do you got, buddy? All right. So, well, first off, I'm trying to figure out what was the worst opening. Uh, you not knowing the Go Bird song the last time or the two of you sitting there today firing shots at Seltzer? Oh, uh, I know. Well, here's what we do, Tom, is that we do it out of love, and it's easy to make fun of a man that is going to four concerts in five days of the same band. Honestly, Tom, I was just so thrown off because I told him to take you in the first segment, and he was just ah. he wouldn't do it. I was like, Tom's a legend. You got to put him on. So, Wow. I'll tell you what. Uh, Wednesday was a fantastic time. I give both of you props for being out in the heat. Yes. That was that was amazing. Congrats on uh, getting back into the Athletes Club, Jack. Thank you very much. It's been Probably. long overdue. Eight-minute miles. Not something most people can do. And that was great coverage by you, ESP. Thank you. Hey, hey Elliot, is there a faster rising star at the whip uh, other than that of Jack Frick? Oh, they were going to say me. Yeah. But I guess I'm already a star. So, yes, true. true, true, (laughs) Well, I'll give you a hot take here. I predict in 15 years that, Elliot, you'll be the new Howard Erskine. Ooh, all right, and, I'll take Jack Fritz, you'll be the next Angelo Castaldi. Uh-oh. That's, wow. that's Talk about big shoes to fill. Do I get the same paycheck, or do I got to still, <laughs> you know, work You'll have to work your way up to that incrementally. All right. All right well, thanks, um, Tom. I appreciate it. So, Hertz, um, I, I don't know. It was just kind of ho-hum for me. He didn't dazzle me. He didn't disappoint me either. I mean, he, he looked like a serviceable NFL quarterback. Um, yeah, yeah. But who impressed me the most, I thought, was Nick Sirianni and the coaching staff. Yeah. I was actually, that was, I was my su- big takeaway. I was surprised at how, like, calm he was. I thought he was going to be running up and down the sidelines, like, playing rock, paper, scissors, yeah. and just being wild. <laughs> right. But he was just normal. He was, he was acted like how a head coach should act. 
Yeah, and and there were no penalties. That, you know, especially the pre-snap variety. Uh, didn't look like many people missed their assignments. Of course, I'm just talking about the first team starters. Yeah, it got so, sloppy in the second half. But your point, I think, is correct. It's it's a good one that. Had they come out and had there been pre-snap penalties, had there been substitution problems, we had there been, been like, here we go. Right, but, but I also think to a certain extent they would have been somewhat understandable. It's an extremely new coaching staff, first preseason game, all those things. So the fact that there weren't any of those I think is actually an extremely positive sign because I would have understood them. So the fact that there mm. wasn't shows that I think they're ahead of, of where they, not should be, but where they maybe would be for an all-young an all, uh, staff. So while Sirianni and his staff impressed me the most, the most concern I have would be the lack of depth on this team. Yeah. I mean, they just fell off a cliff after the starters were pulled. Yeah, I kind of feel like the, the depths along the line are good, like both offensive mm-hmm. and defensive line. I think they have good depth there. But other than that, I mean, it's mm-hmm. pretty dreadful. Well, their secondary is super thin. You saw that in the second half. I agree they do have good depth along the defensive line. Milton Williams looked really good. I think they might have the deepest offensive line in the league. You know, just when you talk about pure starts on the on, that are backups. I mean, they've had so many guys start games that are going to be backups for them. So it's good their lines are deep, but I agree overall it's a, it's a thin roster on the skill position spots. So does Sean Bradley make the squad? It's a great question. I actually think he might be on, on a bit of a hot seat. When you look at the linebacker core, right. are they really going to keep six linebackers? I, mm. You know, I guess if you count Jannard Avery, that would be six. But Sean Bradley, I think, is definitely on, on the bubble. He he looks like a beast out there. He's a ball hawk. Um, yeah. No, I like so, him. Just, and he's a yeah. Temple grad, so you got to factor yeah, that in. Temple man. I'll leave Elliot with just uh, one question at the end here. Uh, do you regret saying that Nick Mullins might be the best third-string quarterback in the NFL? Oh, Tom, very good point. I appreciate the call, buddy. Yeah, well, clearly he did not back me up on Thursday night. <laughs> I, I mean, am a man of bad takes. There it is. There's the take. I haven't heard that drop in a while. Yeah. Um, good. Yeah, I, look, Nick Mullins didn't play well. I thought the one interception was actually on Tyree Jackson, but – I've been covering a lot of games, and I've never seen a quarterback end with a pass rating exactly 0.0. So, well done, Nick Mullins, on that one. Yeah, i got to be honest. Like, I, I was kind of starting to buy into the preseason buzz. Like, oh, well, he could challenge Flacco for the spot. Uh, it's not even close. Flacco, Flacco's been way better than him. And I do think, when you know, now that we're all building our 53-man roster predictions with uh, cuts coming up soon. Oh, exhilarating. Yeah, they're, they're going to cut Nick Mullins. Like, they're only going to keep two quarterbacks on the 53, I think. And then... Maybe they bring him back on the uh, practice squad, but I think you'll see the third quarterback on the practice squad, not on the uh, not on the 53. Now, can Tyree Jackson be both QB3 and tight end three? I mean, we could probably do it better than Mullins, but <laughs> look, Tyree Jackson, I think that I think he's going to be a star. Like I, I watching him in practice, watching him on Thursday night, he checks off every box you would want for in, in a tight end. And what's crazy to me is, as a former quarterback. He catches everything that's thrown his way. I mean, you would think the main problem a former quarterback would have is catching the ball. He catches everything, and he's super tall. He makes uh, makes plays after the catch. I, I've been super impressed by him. And isn't that weird, though, too? Because you, you bring that up. You bring how he catches everything. Greg Ward catches everything, too. Yeah, you're and, right. And Julian Edelman catches everything. Only our boy G.J. Kinney could yes, do it. Yes, yes, unfortunately. yes. Yes, so, um, but it is weird. It is weird that these quarterback turn receivers turn into good receivers. Go back to the phones. I guess we got to do it. You know, after the positivity of Tom from Rabbit, too, we got we to gotta bring a damper and talk to Mad Mike and KOP. What's happening, buddy? Not much. Was was I the first caller on that? Yes, you were the first yeah. caller, but I was bullied by Elliot to make sure I get Tom from yeah. Rabbit the first person no, never call fine. back again. Mike, you were just yeah. so excited to talk to me. You yeah, that's oh, exactly I'm right. I'm I know excited you. that you're back 
to being realistic instead of like this 35 touchdowns from this quarterback that's barely six feet tall. Well, I haven't like, backed off the 35. No, it, well, you fair. should. And okay. the, but I like that you're finally like, oh, maybe he's not as good as as advertised. Like I, I like to have realistic Elliot back, not. Well, I, I think both can be true. I think both can be true. I do think he is ultimately going to have a good year, but I can't lie on what I'm seeing. And in training camp practices, I don't think he's, he's going to. And here's the thing, I, and you know what? I don't think that game plan. And I don't know if they're that's their game plan, but it's not run, running yeah. the ball. They, they didn't do it at all with the first team at all. Yeah, I think they all. didn't play Miles Sanders because, and Sirianni has said this. They don't want to show their their uh, game plan, right? They're a new coaching staff. I think you saw in 2016, it helped Doug that they were a new coaching staff. They started well, off four and one, I think. So I think they didn't play Miles because they don't want to show anything they have planned. Well, for let's running be game. honest though. When your GM and head coach, not a GM and owner, are grilling the past coaches because they ran the ball too much in a win, and that was the way to go, and they want to see the ball in the air. Like, what does that say to you? I mean, I think it says they're a good run team. I mean, who doesn't want a team that throws the ball more? Yeah, I know, but if the if you're not a, a quarterback that is new and a new starter, should be relying on his running backs and his tight ends. And and can we stop with the Tyree Jackson nonsense? You got two tight ends in front of him. We keep saying Goddard's going to be a star, and he hasn't even broken out yet. Like, and and now we're going to say this this guy out of nowhere is going to be a star. Can we just pump the brakes on this this kind of nonsense. All right, uh, every all, year yeah. we don't do this. I mean, Paul Turner, of yeah, course. training camp. Like, yeah. have some fun with us for once. No, all right? I, can we stop having – can we just be, like, can realistic? We stop I'm having fun. realistic. Having fun. Tyree Jackson looked great in practice. He looked really good on Thursday yeah, night. Like, why, why is that not okay to say? Never plays. Like, he hasn't had a chance to play in any game, so we can well, only go up He's not going to get a chance. I don't know about that. I think he might get a chance. What if they trade Ertz, Mike? They're not going to because they're so they're they're so proud of an organization that they they're going to keep him and eat that eight million. So like they're going to have Ertz on the field, they're going to have Goddard on the field if he can stay healthy. This guy's never going to get a snap. All right, Mike. So we're going to do something with you here, but I need you to answer this honestly, okay? I'm going to okay. allow you to give us one negative from Thursday, but I need one positive from Thursday, okay? Can you do that? Sure. Okay, give me one well, negative. Positive first. Okay, okay. It's going to be yeah. a negative, I'll bet you anything. <laughs> no, no one got injured. That's there a positive. Is. Oh, that's boring. Okay. That is a good positive, though. No, Seriously. it's a good positive. You know, you yeah. want them to be healthy heading in. That's the only thing that matters in preseason, truthfully, is being honest, but, is being healthy. All right, what's, yeah. what's your negative? Is it like everybody's going ape about a guy that went three for seven. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's not that, – that's nonsense. Like, I'm so tired of hearing that, oh, oh, he looks like a guy. Like, he went three for seven. So you're just not you're not factoring in the drops that were just ridiculous. Well, I'm I'm sorry that's that's a part of it. Like, but mm. you went three for seven. Like, like, but can I can everybody just take a minute and just calm down? I think there and, is some fairness uh, in what he's saying. I mean, Jalen was good, but ultimately he was three for seven for 54 yards. All right, like, Mike, it was a good step in the right direction. I appreciate the call. Listen, it's a good step. You know? I was almost positive that his positive take was going to be, I'm happy Jalen, you know, what didn't look better because that means how he's going to get fired quicker. That's normally what his positives are. Right, yeah. Like, it wasn't really a positive. It was just that no one got injured, which I guess is a positive. Actually, that kind of proves that he's rooting for the Eagles to, to be yeah, good this year. that's true. Which yeah, is actually uh, surprising. Cause usually... Deep down, Mike wants them to win. No, and honestly, like, I don't remember Mike calling during the Super Bowl run, but I just – I would just have loved to have heard his takes during the Super Bowl run. Well, after the game, he would have been like, look, I'm happy they won, but that defense gave up 33 points. Like, they're never going to have good cornerbacks. Yes. So let me ask you a question here, Elliot. All right. Which is more true about the Eagles' defense, that they're actually good 
or they're just playing against the Eagles offense in camp. They're actually good. Really? And the reason I think that is because they have a lot of veteran talent on that side of the ball. Like, we're not we're not projecting with a lot of these guys. I guess with Josh Sweat kind of projecting, but we know Steven Nelson's been a good quarterback. I mean, good cornerback in the NFL. We know Darius Slay has been one. We know Anthony Harris has been one. We know Javon Hargrave's been a good pass rusher. So I do think they have that they have talent on the defensive side of the ball to to win right away. Interesting, because like I kind of feel given what we've seen from. You know, I mean, the Eagles' offense, I think, is moving well. It's moving better than I thought, actually, you know, within Sirianni. If you asked me one week ago today, or I would say Monday, like, if I thought the Eagles were going to win seven games this year or whatever, I would say they're going to win four. Because all the reports after Sunday night were yeah. like, wow, this is dreadful. Um, but I guess I'm just sitting here thinking about the, the defense, and I, I was looking over the, the depth chart. And obviously, they've only been the third, like the most injured team in football since 2017. Yes, no big deal. Like no big deal at all. But they do have talent. Like this is what I've been saying all off season. By the way, like whenever everyone's been like, "You're being too positive." They have talent. Like even even if you take out Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, like Brandon will be good for the first half of the year. Then he has traditionally slowed down. Mm-hmm. Fletcher's always been pretty good, but he'll go games where he's missing. Like like <laughs> you sound bad, man. I'm sorry. I know. I'm pressing the off. I know you yeah. are, but I can still I can still catch it. But yeah. um, like Javon Hargrave, I thought came on towards the end of last year. I love what I saw of Milton Williams. Like I don't know what he's gonna be if he's gonna be an edge guy or a or a middle guy because he's probably not big enough. Like he's too big for the outside. He's a bit he's, of a tweener. Yeah, he's a unique tweener though because normally you talk about a guy that's a tweener between an end and a linebacker, not so much a tackle and an end. But I think he can do both, and he played well on Thursday night too. He played really well. Yeah, and he saw that. Ex- Explosiveness that they had been hoping when they drafted him, which is good to see. Um, and then obviously, like, like I think Josh Sweat's going to be a monster this year. Agreed. He had two more sacks today in practice. I mean, he and I'm pretty sure one of his sacks came from rushing on the other side against Lane. So he's been, I mean, he's been dominant all camp. So you do hope that if the defense is actually good, then they are giving good tests to this Eagles offense. Well, the uh, yeah, I think that that's true. But the other part of it is, you know, I think the best coach on the staff might be Jonathan Gannon. Uh, it's and, JJ. And, if you could please oh, call him. Don't JJ. get me started on the JJ. It's JJ. I think the JG nickname, and look, if your nickname, if you're listing your names and your nickname is JG, maybe I don't know the context. Well, and we are a big fan of Joe Giglio and Joe Girardi. So True, like, but we, we don't, don't call them JG. We might, I might start calling Giglio JG. Honestly, okay. like, what's up, JG? What's your take tonight? Yeah, I think it's a terrible nickname. For it's him. awful. It, like, it makes me think he's going to fail, which is a shame because <laughs> everything else about him is phenomenal. I mean, I think. Look, first of all, he was more sought after as a coach than Sirianni was. Yeah. Even uh, Brandon Staley, who's a defensive coach, wanted to hire him as his defensive coordinator out in L.A. And I just think what I've seen from him in practice has been a lot of multiple fronts, guys moving around, a lot of creativity. So, yeah, they have a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball, but they also have a coordinator that I think within, like, two years could be a head coach candidate. Yeah, and that seems to be the general buzz around Eagles camp is, like, Jonathan Gannon might be a guy. Like, it, yeah, I actually, I'm more on him than I am Sirianni. Obviously, I'm not. A yeah, big well, but the, guy. And the good part about that is everyone talks about how tough the schedule is to start, and I think that's the most overrated thing. But, but also, I think the defense is going to be good right away. So, you know, while Jalen Hurts does develop and while he does get more comfortable, I don't think the Eagles are going to have to score like 30 plus points to win these games. I could see them beating the Falcons like 24 21 or something like that. Love to hear that. Early prediction. That's just good Philadelphia football. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's Jack Fritz. It's Elliot Shore Park. Let's sneak one in here and go to our good pal Justin in Tennessee. What's happening, feller? What's happening, fellers? How y'all doing today? I'm good, pal. I'm good. What do you got for us today? I just wanted to call in and uh, oh, listen. There's my dog barking. Oh. The dog's excited too. <laughs> well, I have a question for you, Justin. 
Are you excited yeah. that you're talking to probably the guys from your two favorite shows? I mean, I feel like you're a Go Birds and an and a afternoon guy, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm an, I'm an afternoon guy. I started out as a Go Birds guy. You but, did. You I'd know, just like to be clear about that. Yeah. You put him in your top five callers, and I was a little salty about that. Yeah, no, I, I, could, I could sense through your voice you were not happy with me. I wasn't. There. <laughs> Justin is a Go Birds caller. Uh, he is a Go Birds caller, but he's turned into a star on the Marks and Reese show. Oh, I'm not surprised <laughs> by that. that. I'm not salty about that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. going on about this uh, running back thing, I saw your tweet this morning, E, about uh, uh, Jordan Howard possibly being the fourth guy. Uh, yeah. What else have you got for us on that? So, on Johnson has a knee injury, and he's being evaluated. My guess is that evaluation is not going to end with good news. Um, so, I don't think he's going to be on the 53-man roster. I thought that even before this injury news came out. The fact that on Thursday night, Jordan Howard was a starting running back, I think is extremely telling. He's been getting a lot of work with the first team in training camp. on Johnson actually hadn't gotten a single carry with the starters in training camp, uh, and he's not going to get one now because he's probably out for at least the, the rest of camp. So, I think at this point, when you look at their uh, depth chart at running back, Miles Sanders is obviously the clear-cut number one. Boston Scott's probably going to be like a their, their top backup in a bigger part of the passing game. But you know, prior to camp, I didn't think Jordan Howard was going to make the roster. That I, that was my mistake. I do think now, not only could he make the roster, he could like be getting carries on on game days. Yeah, that's that's my thought. And you know, the really only hiccup we've ever heard about him was he doesn't have great hands. You know, coming out of the yeah. backfield. Yep. But he, he was a stud blocking back there on that huge block against the linebacker the other night. Yeah, and, and, and uh, uh, Nick Sirianni brought up two things today during his press conference I think really stood out. He mentioned the blocking, which you just did, of Jordan Howard, which is always a good indication. And then he mentioned that Kenny Gainwell had a really nice block. So yep. uh, Kenny Gainwell is already able to contribute in the passing game, but what normally keeps rookies off the field is their inability to block. So the fact that Sirianni brought that up uh, I thought was a very telling sign of uh, how they're going to use Gainwell. Yeah, that. I think Gainwell's going to have a nice year for a rookie because, like I said, he, he held out last year, so you know yep. he's going to be fresh. And Memphis just turns out running backs like crazy, man. I think they've got, like, three in the NFL right now. One's in uh, Washington. We've got Gainwell. And I forget the other guy that's pretty good. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, a Tennessee thing for you. This is something that I wanted during the draft. I wanted the Eagles to draft Trey Smith so bad because that kid, he's just – Super awesome. He's had yeah. some health issues with blood clots and stuff. Mm. But this kid was a sixth-round pick, and he is now starting uh, guard for the Chiefs. And they took him in the sixth round. Wow. So hopefully we can get something out of Dickerson, you know, uh, hashtag Dickerson guy. Yeah, that's right. right. But, James uh, the Dickerson hopefully, guy. Yeah, hopefully this kid, you know, can uh, get healthy and play for some maybe this year, and if not, take over that guard spot next year. But anyway, hey, you guys know what I say. Love y'all. Mean it. I'm going to keep listening. All right, love you, Justin. I appreciate the call. Yeah, the Jordan Howard thing, the two things that I find funny. Uh, they made a hype video when he got re-signed this offseason. Yeah, that's right. Which is like, I mean, come on. Like, did Jordan Howard really well, deserve a hype time, video? Well, at the time, we didn't know he was going to be their top backup. I yeah. Mean, yeah. So yeah. Maybe I, they did at the time. Also, is he the oldest 26-year-old in, in football? Unbelievable. <laughs> you would think his career, you would think he's like 33. Yeah. I mean, he's had so many variations of his career. And Chicago I'm at one man. point. I'm 40. Wow. There it is, yeah. In Chicago, one point he was like the next up and coming running back, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden he was gone, and then he was really good with the Eagles, and then he was gone. Because he had the most yards in football since he came in the league. Yeah, that's uh, right. Up until one point, and then they traded for him. And I think the two Memphis running backs are Antonio Gibson and Tony Pollard. They both went there, right? And Antonio Gibson, if I'm not mistaken, actually 
he got either benched or like left Memphis because of how good Gainwell was. Like I think that's why he left because he knew Gainwell was gonna be so good. I cover the details wrong. Smelling a steal. How he's, he's back. looked great. How fun, he's back. Fun fact: he has the most catches of all the running backs in training camp. Oh, well, he should be. That's, he's a pass catching back. Well, and he plays with all three units too. <laughs> yeah, that, which that helps does help. Yeah. Context matters. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four is how you join the show. Uh, a lot to get to. Uh, continue. We were talking about Jalen Hurts. What other takeaways did you have from Thursday? I'm more all in. In on Jalen Hurts. Elliot's still a little, bit, a little bit skeptical. But on the other side, in addition to your phone calls, there was a monumental event that happened at an NFL camp yesterday that relates to the Eagles, but it wasn't at Eagles camp. What was it? We'll tell you that coming up next. It's Go Birds Radio here on Sports Radio 94 WIP 215-592-9494 is how you get in. It's Jack Fritz, Elliot Short Parks. I'm in for Seltzer, who again is going to see Fish for the 19th time in four days, which is good. He just texted me saying he's up, asking how the show's going. He's so. up. It's yeah. 1.45. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's enjoying his anniversary. Yes, he is. Yes. He is enjoying his anniversary. I'm very glad he's getting to enjoy that. We're just busting his stones. Yeah, we in, love James. In all good fun. But uh, I teased it uh, before the break, and I want to get to it, because, Elliot, it was a it was a monumental event yeah. that happened yesterday, and it, it came across the timeline, you know, probably around three or four, and it was good old Doug mm. at, at Colts practice. Uh, first, you know, he was, he was walking around camp. I saw him actually uh, talking to a quarterback and was, like, breaking down his mechanics. Really? Nice. And I was like... I don't think I ever saw you do that here no, once. Not Doug. much. So, yeah. so I guess he's trying to get back in. Uh, and then the, the Colts tweeted out a picture of him, Frank Reich, and Carson Wentz with the mask on. I of might course, add. Yes. Yes. Nose not covered. But um, so imagine seeing that picture three years ago. I know. Of all of them at Colts camp with Colts gear on. You're right. Well, actually. Well, I guess before this, like, I mean, imagine just 2016 showing us that picture. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. So Doug's the head coach, right, obviously, and Frank Rex is offensive coordinator, and, right. and they traded for Carson. So here's the question I'll ask you. Did Frank Reich check with Carson before he invited Doug? And how do you think Carson felt about it? I don't – so I think he – I think he thought – I think he asked him, and Carson gave the, like, yeah, sure, no problem. But definitely in Carson's head, he was not happy. About he was it. probably like, "Ah, oh, come on, you guys! Like, you got first off, I'm hurt again, which which is he, I'm sure he's handling well, right? Which is funny because he got the surgery and he's back to practice like two days later. Well, I I said all along that he's going to rush back from this. Of course, he's going to rush back. From yeah, this. he saw He'll play week one. He saw the Foles press conference and said, "You know what? I got to get back. Yeah, out I got to get back out there." He'll play week one, which is good news for the Eagles because yes. I think they are still going to get that first round pick, and I think there's a good chance the Colts could. The Colts pick could be higher than the Eagles pick. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing about the, the Wentz and, and Doug photo was all the, you know, well, see, they actually yeah, they like each along. other, which is like, it's so funny because that reaction always happens with that, that kind of stuff. The two cases that jump out to me is when, remember when Carson and Alshon went to the Sixers game? Oh, yeah, that's right. Which is like, come on. Well, there was also a lot of that with Joel and Ben. Right. That was the other thing. Yeah. Like whenever Joel and Ben would do anything like, you know, remotely kind to each other on the bench. You'd be like, oh, I thought they weren't friends. Yeah. And now, of course, this offseason, all the reports are like, Ben won't return Joe Joel's calls. Yeah, they're best friends. Yeah. Like, you, there's a difference between being, you know, friends on the court and friends in real life. Yeah. And those guys never hung out together. Nope. And there's no way Carson and Alshon never hung out together. So it Except was just, for the one time Carson took the receivers out. Remember, yeah. it was like him, Deshaun, and Nelson. They went somewhere in the city. Yeah. They bought like a... $40,000 bottle of, maybe not 40000 It was a lot. I, mean, I think the, yeah. the tab was insane, though. Yeah, I'm sure. Because well, Carson, that was right after Carson signed his big deal. Right, right. And then they were all like, we'll get one good dinner out of you, and then 
you know, I, I help ju- ruin your career. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It will leak some stuff about what happened here. But it's just so funny. Like, I, I just, if I could have one mic'd up conversation ever to make sure I heard, it would be that conversation. Doug and Carson and Frank. Yeah. Like, what the heck did they talk? It was probably like, hey, good to see you, coach. Well, do you think they've talked since Carson? Like, when do you think the last time Carson talked to Doug? I think that was the first time they've talked since the season ended. Do you think when Doug got fired, Carson reached out to him? No, I don't think he reached out to him. Because if I'm not mistaken, didn't Carson not tweet anything about Doug? He never tweeted anything about Doug. And his first statement after the season was his goodbye message on Instagram. Yeah. So I think this is probably the first time they've talked. I think it's got to be awkward. Yeah, of course it's awkward. Like, the Eagles fired Doug Peterson, I think. So I think they fired Doug because they thought it would save Carson. And Carson was still mad at the organization. Right. So he still wanted out. So what And he got his coaches fired. And he got his coaches fired. What dad joke do you think Doug said to break the ice when he first saw Carson? Like Doug seems to me like he'd be good in that situation. Yeah, I think he would handle it. I think he definitely said the first thing. Oh, for sure. Um and Carson I feel like he def what what, what I would have said was like, Oh, you're already hurt. Oh, I don't think you went with that. I don't think you went with that either, yeah. but I think that would be the funny icebreaker. Like, yeah, you're hurt, again. I'm fired, the two seem correlated. <laughs> yep. Like, do you think Frank, like, slowly walked Doug over and, like, hey, guys, come on. Like, just, Yeah, uh, it's just a bold move of Frank it to have is. Doug come. It is. It's weird that it feels like the Colts are kind of making the almost the mistakes the Eagles are making, like or did make with Carson. Like, they're they're – the, not shutting down the Foles rumors, yeah. like bringing Doug to camp. It just seems like they're doing the wrong things if they want to maximize cars. I would have loved to been there and just see how much they interacted, really. Because Doug's not doing it. And you said you saw him coaching the quarterbacks, right? I did so, like, that. I guess Carson's probably off to the side because yeah. he's hurt. But, yeah, I would just have loved to seen how much they really interacted and how much it was just like, take a picture so everyone knows we don't hate each other and then we're going to go our separate ways. Right, yeah, no, it was definitely a photo op. Like, I'm not saying they stood there for an hour, like, rem- reminiscing about the old times. No. Well, the old, I mean, <laughs> the most positive part of Doug's tenure is probably a part of Carson's life that is tough for him to talk about. Yeah, now, that's something that I've, we've talked about on uh, Marks and Reese a lot, but, like, do you think that he still has a Super Bowl ring? So, I, I honestly, God, I genuinely feel bad for the fact that Carson's Super Bowl ring has to be just bittersweet to look at. Of course. Yeah, how could you not? I mean, just think about that. He was so awesome that year. You know, they don't win it without him. He was going to win MVP that year. He has this Super Bowl ring, and there's just no way he looks at it without thinking about the fact that he didn't play. And that's got to be really hard. Well, Andy, he openly admitted after the game, like, yes, I'm happy we won, but I wish I was the guy that Yeah, did. which is natural, too. I don't think that's a bad – that's not like doesn't make him a bad guy. The, the people that didn't get that, I feel like, just weren't human beings. Like, oh, I, I can't imagine how tough that would be to go through if you're Carson. And everyone yeah. in the city talks about it, right? right? Like, and you know, yeah, it must be really hard. I think he threw it in the scoople on his flight. I think out. he still has it. There's no <laughs> way he doesn't still have it. Here's a question. If in, you know, 2027 or whatever, does he come back for the 10-year anniversary? No. no. I think I don't think he sets foot in Philadelphia again. Like maybe the 20-year he'll do it, but I, th- I still think 10 is just fresh enough to where he's like, "Nah, I'm good." Yeah, well, he could still be in the league. He could still theory, be in the league. Very. Yeah. So could Palsy. I think they'll try hard to get him back. Yeah. Well, Cliff Lee didn't come back for the Phillies in 09, like their tenure, and I feel like they're kind of similar. Why would he come back in 09? No, no, like the for the 10-year reunion. Oh, of what, them making the Of them making the World Series and winning the pennant. In retrospect, it's a little weird they had a reunion for that. They didn't well, win the World Series. You got to sell tickets, pal. 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Let's go out to Vancouver and talk to Tom. What's happening, buddy? Hello, gentlemen. How are you, Tom? What do you got for us? Well, well, I think that uh, Carson Wentz will go back to a reunion uh, only once uh, once we've got 
his uh, his substitute MVP winning quarterback uh, not going to that reunion once that's been confirmed. Yeah, but you and, know who's uh, definitely going to be there? Nick Foles is yeah, there's definitely no going to be shot there. Nick that's Foles what I'm talking about, come. Nick yeah. Foles. <laughs> He so, can still be then, playing. He might then, miss a game to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he'll be still be a third then, stringer. Oh, man. And then Wentz, Wentz would have to also have given up any hope of winning a, a Super Bowl. <laughs> well, in 10 own, years, are either still in the league? Foles is definitely not in the league. No, right? Foles is definitely not. I mean, Carson theoretically should be. I mean, he's only going to be 38 by that point. Well, that's pretty old. Yeah, but, I mean, look at all the quarterbacks now that have thrived in their sure. late 30s. Like, And especially it's going to get more better with or, more better is probably not the. It's gonna get better with modern uh, medicine. That Westchester. So. Yeah, listen, listen. Don't worry about it. But Carson should still be in the league. Right, right, right. So you know, I have to say that you guys might be feeling more confident about Hertz. So am I. But it's going from feeling a lack of confidence because I didn't think he played as well at the end of last season as uh, you did, Elliot. Mm-hmm. Um, to feeling that he's not bad. He's he could be okay. And that there's not enough information yet. I actually felt more confident in Jack after the one mile on Wednesday. <laughs> well, it's rightfully so, though. I mean, like that was an impressive performance. That wasn't going one and three down the stretch. The interesting thing <laughs> about Jalen last year is I think that if you want to say he didn't play well overall in those four games, there's an argument for it. I just think as a rookie, you know, you have to grade him differently. I just, Normally with rookies, I'm just like, all right, what positives did they do? Did they show that they could do different things? And that's one of my – issues with Jalen Rager is last year, you know, it's, he's a rookie, he missed games, all those things are true, but there just wasn't a lot of moments where you're like, okay, well, that's why he was a first-round pick. And I think with Jalen last year as a rookie, even though there were poor moments, there were a lot of moments, too, where you were like, okay, that guy looks good. Like, look at that play he just made. He can make that play. So that's why maybe we differ a little bit. I'm not saying he played great, but I thought there were a lot of positives overall. Yeah, that, that, that all makes sense. And I really liked Tom from Abington's uh, comments. I agreed with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, a couple of good things that I liked about him was Jalen Hurts, that uh, his intermediate throw, he did make that one. I think that Goddard yeah. one was an intermediate throw, wasn't it? Yeah. So yep. that was nice. He definitely did some progressions, which he was having issues with last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, do have, I do have a question for you. And that's uh, why on the D-line, why were they so easy to run on later in the game? Were they just gassed? You're talking about on the, like the Eagles' second and third string defensive line? Yeah, yeah, uh, because we were talking about depth on the, on yeah. the D-line, right? I think there's a, a little bit of that. I think a lot of their depth that they have on defensive line are more pass rushers. They, they have the two that they drafted late, uh, you know, kind of undersized pass rushers. So I don't think that's a huge concern. I think they're going to be good against the run this year. So, But, yeah, it, it is true. I mean, look, look, the whole team was bad in the second half, and especially that fourth quarter. So it was hard to you know pinpoint one reason why, but it's probably just not great depth. Okay, um, and Gobert's betting pod uh, recommendation or request would be, I thought you did a great job nailing it on the uh, takes, Thank except you. as Tom had pointed out, the Mullins one. Yeah, not um, good. And yeah. That, not, that, that one was not good. And I'm wondering, maybe you could have a, like a confidence rating when you're giving your picks, because, okay. it, because you, Elliot, are excellent at some picks, and other ones are a little bit more guesses, right? Yes, a little bit more right. of a stretch. Welcome to gambling. I yeah. took it too far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yes. thanks a lot, guys. All Love right, it. Tom, thanks for the call, buddy. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, listen, it's hard to be completely confident heading into you know picks. Pre-season. Well, let me throw this take by you. Okay, I hear a lot on the station and just people in general say, "Oh, well, don't bet on preseason; you're a degenerate." But, <laughs> but 
isn't but, the entire point of gambling to make a non-interesting game fun? Like, wouldn't preseason games be the perfect time to gamble? Because, yeah, but the problem with that is that you just don't know anything about the players. No, oh, as it, opposed to all of us huge, I guess my whole job is to be a sports <laughs> expert. But it's not like, you know, I mean, we're guessing. Ultimately, you're, Yeah, but like if you're betting on a baseball game that you don't care about, at least you know the players that are going to hopefully be in, coming that's into fair. the game late and that stuff. Like, you don't know these players. I mean, you should know them yeah, I know it's your job. Players, like, yeah. you're Mr. 90 Man Roster, but right. like... The average show is not like because you, you, you need to at least know what to expect. But I agree, you should be able to gamble on whatever you want. I made twenty five soccer bets a day, like in college. Wow. Like, I'm we, a big soccer gambler guy. We'll have to get into that. At one point. Yeah, yeah, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Keep taking your calls on your takeaways from Thursday night. Uh, also, Jalen Hurts. You know, I'm more all in. Elliot's not totally there. And speaking of why he's not totally there, is because he was down at Eagles camp today. On the other side, we'll get to what he saw. Who stood out? What Sirianni said at his press conference. All that and more is coming up next on Go Birds Radio. Speaking of the soccer gambling that I am currently enjoying and Jack, I guess, used to do, the Park Sportsbook is the official sportsbook partner of the real sports fan. Golf is in full swing. You can bet on it all. You can bet on baseball, uh, baseball golf, MMA, and more. Live in-game play-by-play betting lets you bet while you watch. The only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in Pennsylvania and the only one I recommend. You can bet the money line as it changes during the game on the Park Sportsbook app and bet on individual player performances as they happen. Baseball, you can bet on hits, home runs, pitcher strikeouts, every inning. Golf, bet on match winners, bet on leaders after rounds, and more. Or you can always bet on spreads. Of course, on the Go Birds pod, we love parlays. You can bet on parlays. Props, teasers, over-unders. New customers, sign up right now, and you get your first bet risk-free up to $500. That's a great deal right there. You can just download the app or click parkscasino.com forward slash PA and use promo code Go Birds. Your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. The website has all the details. That's right. It's Go Birds Radio here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Jack Fritz and Elliot Shore Parks hanging out with you. 215-592-9494 is how you get in. Elliot, uh, a little warm today. A little hot at practice. I would assume down sure. at, at Eagles camp. Yeah, so Sirianni came out to the press conference. I'm like, it's a little hot out here today. He's like, oh, I haven't been outside yet. I'm like... <laughs> Dude, it's been hot for like five straight days. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Like, what time did he get to camp? Did he get to the Novacare at like five a.m. today? He seems like a sleeps in the office guy. He really does. He really does. He like, loves football. He's a football guy. He might like football a little too much. Like both him and Hertz seem to like really like football. Well, it's a good quality to have. It is a. I would rather them like football yeah. than not. But yeah. like, man, they like football a lot. The whole Novocaine thing the other day. Well, Jalen Hurts loves his expressions. You he know, really the does. Novocaine thing, the rents due, the uh, daily full. deposits. The lamp is full. Yeah, that's another one. That's yeah. another one. You can really tell he uh, he grew up with a, a coach's dad. He really did. You could probably hear those things all the time. My dad was not a coach. I didn't really hear those type of, you know, no, motivational either. expressions every <laughs> once in a while. Same. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Novocaine, it was a good It was a good line, though. Like, of all, his, of all his cliches, I know it's from Remember the Titans. I know we'd heard it before. But, like, that one at least made a little sense, you know. Oh, I forgot it was from Remember the Titans. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. I We were, because uh, we were reminded of it yesterday because they brought it up on the show and everyone, everyone like, ripped us for not knowing what it was from. So it's, I've been bu- okay. bullied into knowing that's from from Remember the Titans. But you were down at camp today. Yeah. Uh, what kind of stood out to you? Who stood out? All that stuff. So I'll start with the positive. I thought that the receivers had a good day. Uh, Travis Fulgham had a really nice catch in the first 11-on-11 11 11 session. The ball was a little in front of him, extended his arms, went out, got it, pulled it in. So he he made a nice catch. Did uh, Fulgham play on Thursday? 
Yeah, which is <laughs> concerning because you couldn't tell that he played on Thursday. Uh, Jalen Rager today had a really nice uh, route versus uh, Darius Slay. He uh, beat him at the line. He probably about a step and a, step and a half on him. Jalen Hurts just overthrew him, uh, and so it was incomplete. Right. But so I thought I thought that was a positive. Uh, Devontae Smith was doing more work today. He's now day to day instead of week to week. He was he stretched with the team and then he went to the side field, had a helmet on, and uh, you know was running around with trainers. So I th- that I think that's a positive. Well, it looks he, like he should play week one, right? He'll play week one. I do think the fact he's missing all these reps matter. But if he can get into that third preseason game. That would be big, I think, because that, that would mean he's presumably practicing all the way up to week one after that third preseason. Now, so. do you think that Rager uh, is getting better as camp is going on? Because, like, so when when camp first started, there was a lot of negative stuff because he was out of shape or he yep. showed up out of shape. And kind of rightfully so, you know, what, what he's dealing with, yeah. I get it. So uh, he, he's kind of slowly working his way back into to, to form here. And I actually thought that Thursday was a, a positive step in the right direction. I thought he played well. I know he had the drop. and the- Well, the drop matters, though. It I mean, does matter. A, it's a, I don't want to say it's a big drop because it's, you know, a preseason game. But, like, the offense was moving. The ball was to him. And, like, you're a first-round pick. You should make that catch. He should. And I and I get all that. But after that, I feel like he did a good job getting consistently open. And Hurst didn't throw it his way, which is whatever. Uh, I, don't, I don't want him back there returning punts. No, I think like, that's silly. He has no idea, like, if he should let it bounce or not. But would you say that Rager is getting, you know, better as camp is going along? Kind of, yeah. What's interesting about watching Rager practice is there's definitely like moments where you can say, okay, this guy's talented. He had a one-handed catch in the end zone and a one-on-one drill against Darius Slay. Might honestly be the best catch I've ever seen at an Eagles training camp practice. It was one-handed. It was like the Odell Beckham catch only yeah. in the corner and then pulled it in. So he, may, he, he makes those type of catches. He is getting open more. But the, the play I think of that really just summarizes his training camp is – He's against Darius Slay. It's a red zone one-on-one drill. He shakes him. like He's probably got three or four steps, which is huge in any part of the field, but especially in the end zone. Passes right to him, hits him in the hands, drops it. Like It feels like whenever he takes two steps forward, he takes one step back. So ultimately, I think to, to answer your question, he probably has gotten better as camp has gone on, but there's still a lot of moments throughout practice where you're like, like you should be making that play as a first round pick. Yeah, and it seems like that's been his whole career. It's like he's he's started. Oh yeah, all one year of it. Well, yeah. but even last year when he played, it was like, oh, there's some good signs. And then yeah. there's like, oh my gosh, figure it out. Well, what's what is encouraging is I thought last year they always had to scheme him open. It wasn't like he just beat his man on the sideline and, and went and got a contested catch. It was jet sweeps, it was short bubble screens, all those things. I do see him winning one on one battles more, and that's obviously huge because if you're gonna be if you're going to be like worthy of that of that first round pick, like you've got to win outside matchups. So the fact he's doing that against two good cornerbacks in practice is encouraging. It does crack me up though that a lot of people seem to think that he's more suited for the slot, and the reason they didn't draft Justin Jefferson was because they thought he's a slot receiver. Well, I also think some yeah, I think sometimes when people just don't think a receiver is that good anymore, they go, well, he can probably play the slot. Right. Like that's like the the, the next step will be well, maybe he's not. That well, good. and that's why your boy was always not that good. Ah, well, all he, all he did was set records, you know. <laughs> Like the most catches and receiving yards in the first three years ever, or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. He's a slot king. Yes, yeah. that's that's what like, he is. Nice probably the best out. receiver the Eagles have had in the last. Like, who's a better receiver they've had that played like like Deshaun Jackson came back here, Macklin. but wasn't great. All right, so just after Deshaun and Macklin. No, but I'm saying like, oh yeah, you're, since think, since Jordan Matthews left, they Al, haven't had one as good as him. Alshon is 100 percent better than Jordan Matthews. in 2017. Yeah, of course. One year. 
Yeah, but he's still he's a better receiver than his Jordan numbers Matthews. weren't even that. Well, what look, is Jordan Matthews? What a throwback I, debate this. Is. I know Alshon it's, versus I know, Jordan. It, uh, it's ridiculous. But yeah. moving on. Yes. What, what what else stood out to you again? Um, Isaac Samalu took some first team reps at left guard, which means they had their fir- their full starting five together for the first time all training camp. So that's clearly a positive. You know, obviously they dealt with a ton of injuries last year uh, along the offensive line. So the fact they got those guys together, I think, is a is a good thing. And then we started talking off the show about it. I'm going to say it again. The, the offense was, once again, not good in the red zone. Like, the red zone drills, seven-on-seven seven red zone drills, are designed for the offense to succeed. It is so hard for the defense to keep the offense out of the end zone in these drills. There's no rush. They have to cover these guys for, you know, three, four, five seconds, which is really hard to do. And he had, I mean, I'll get my, my pad out here. I wrote down all the plays. It was five passes. One of them went for a touchdown on a very contested catch to, to Zach Ertz. And then the other three of them were checkdowns, again, from the five-yard line, checkdowns. <laughs> and, then, and then the other one was just an incomplete pass to Dallas Goddard. So, you know, it's, it's just practice. I understand all that. But as someone that's, you know, this is my ninth training camp, I've seen these red zone, red zone drills a lot. I've seen every quarterback, like, kill it in these drills and Jalen it's just not his strength maybe in games he'll be better because he can run and I agree but the reds the lack of touchdowns Jalen Hurts is throwing in training camp is astounding well he's a gamer I don't know if you've heard that before so he's a gamer he'll get they it better done. hope he is he'll get it done on the field uh wow so you're at, this is your ninth year yeah so it's my ninth full-time year I started out actually as an intern for G Cobb on right. gcob.com so I was at training camp I was up at Lehigh two years as a, as an intern, but uh, yeah, this will be my ninth like full on the beat. Wow! Next year will be a decade, and I'm still like I think one of the youngest on the beat, which is wild. Oh, wow, it's because you started young. Yeah, look at that. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Open the show talking about Jalen Hurts and you know kind of how you felt about him. I left Thursday just ecstatic about what I yeah, saw. Yeah, I thought he was good on Thursday. So you know it's disappointing you hear that stuff in practice, given what you know Carson and other quarterbacks have done. But I, I just I just had this feeling in my gut that when the game starts it's all going to just look and make a lot more sense. And one thing I will say is a practice environment, and Jalen said this after the game, and the way he said it I thought was very telling and very true, and is really like if he's going to be successful, his belief in this will be why. After the game he said, you know, obviously you want all your plays to be quote-unquote, and he kind of said in a mocking tone like on time or whatever it was, right? But then what he brought up was like 50% of plays in the NFL are not on time. They, they are broken plays. You have to you know, figure it out as you go. So a quarterback like Sam Bradford was great in training camp because no one could touch him. He just sat there, right? So I do think that while Jalen develops as a passer, you know, he will be better in games because he can create. He can move. And so ultimately, yes, it's concerning watching him in practice, but it's not backing me off of my overall optimism about him. 215-592-9494. Let's head down all the way to Texas, which is surprising, and talk to CJ. What's happening, buddy? Man, what's surprising about it? We got Eagles fans everywhere, dude, so I don't ever say that. Well, I know, but it's like, you know, it's it's good to have you guys checking out the Odyssey app and listening in. We always appreciate it. I mean, I've been an Eagles fan since I was freaking nine years old, so hey, I got to get out of live. My man, appreciate so, you calling in. No problem. So, the biggest thing I think everyone, you, we're talking about Hurts, which we've been doing all season, all, all season, either him or it's Carson. It boils down to those two names and how they're mixed in. People have their agendas to it. So a person like me, I'm a realist. I didn't think we were going to have a good season. Why? New coach, new quarterback, mm-hmm. freaking horrible season last season. And I'm like, okay, you know what? We went forward after the Super Bowl. We kept buying in. The bill has come due. 
had a whole uh, overflated roster as far as paying out people. Now it's time to rebuild, get a good foundation, go forward. That's what I want. So, no, I didn't have a thought process of saying, like, hey, let's try to make the playoffs in a horrible division. For what? Just just because we can have a good season? Like, no, let's try to get this thing reset so we can, by the time Dallas is end up paying everybody and losing it, we're coming back in on a 10-year run. That's how I believe in running things. I, I, I don't believe in – I agree with you on some of that, CJ, but where I think it could actually go both ways is – the division is bad enough that they, they can compete while rebuilding. And I do see positives to making the playoffs. Like, yes, I get that you want a higher draft pick. Obviously, if you're trying to rebuild, the higher you draft, the, the better that is. But if they're a playoff team this year, that means Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts both had really good years, and that's huge for the development of this franchise. So I, I see your point, but I do think there's a lot of benefits to winning. There's a lot of there's always benefits to winning, but – you're doing something to smite your face just to say, oh, they got in the playoffs and they got a playoff experience. Playoffs? Yeah, but it's a bad division. But, CJ, if, if, no, if it hurts. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you said playoffs, and I know that's a joke. But my thing is No, it's not a joke. I do think it, they can make the playoffs. No, that's what I'm saying. The joke about oh, playoffs. Oh, oh, oh yeah, sorry. You're getting the playoffs for what? We we went 10-plus years of being, oh, hey, we're in we're in the playoffs. And it's always great to get in the playoffs. But what would you rather do? Always get in the first round of playoffs or just have a hard nosed team? Or say, hey, you know what? We actually got talent where we can be dominating for ten years. But why can't they make I, the playoffs this just... year? Why can't they make the playoffs this year in as the beginning of that dominant run? Why is that the end if they make the playoffs this year? What is what is the foundation of that beginning beginning run? We don't know what Hurts is. I'm not knocking Hurts, but I'm just saying it's amazing to us the way our fans are. Well, All right, CJ, CJ, I appreciate that. What call. I think's interesting is and I don't know the answer to this, so I'll throw it out and just see if, if how you feel about it. Like, how many teams in the NFL have really gone on long uh, streaks of winning and winning outside the first round by, like, consistently drafting high? I can't think of many. I feel like the teams that are always good are the teams that hit on, like, late and mid-round draft picks instead of, like, all right, the, the Browns, the, the Jaguars. Like, these teams are always in the top whatever. And neither of them, I would say, I guess the Browns somewhat this year are real contenders. But Once they're I don't fully tanked. Yeah, but but I don't think it's like it's not like the NBA, and I, I get the logic can be applied just because you see in the NBA, it's like all right, you're supposed to be bad, and then you get high picks, and that turns it around. But I just don't think it's the same in the NFL. Well, I just think the whole idea is ridiculous. Like, dude, if if Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni lead this team to the right, playoffs in right. their first year, like that's not it's not ending. That's that you're hoping that's opening up a window. You hope that's like we're talking about if if they make the playoffs, we're talking about them being a legitimate Super Bowl contender for the next couple of years. If Oh, that's that's a strong take. Well, it is because like because you have a quarterback and you have a, you have a head coach, and yeah. then you can just fill out the rest of the roster around them. Yeah, and if they make the playoffs, that's more important. So let's say they make the playoffs, they lose in the first round. Now they will have a home playoff game, so I think that's it's always a winnable game when you have a home playoff game. But let's say they lose in the first round, so they're drafting like twentieth or twenty first or whatever. Unless they're going to be really bad, like three wins, you're probably talking about a difference of eight or nine picks in the draft and you get the benefit of seeing Sirianni and Hurts carry this team to the playoffs like I right. think there's there's so much positive from that 
that, that has to be what Eagles fans are rooting for. I don't think it helps this team whatsoever to be really bad because, yeah, you'll be drafting fifth, but you'll also be sitting here and saying, our, like, the head coach might be terrible and the quarterback might not be any good. Oh, so when the Eagles made the playoffs in 2000 with Andy and Donovan, it was people were miserable because, like, well, is it a one-year thing or is it going to be yeah. sustainable? I don't I don't. I, mean, I was, like, 10, so I don't remember. No, I know, but yeah. it's, like, the same the same premise exists. Right. No, I agree. Like, ah, what, it just it makes no sense to me. 215-592-9494. Sneak one in here before the break and go down to to Rick in South Carolina. What's happening, Rick? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. How are you? Thanks for calling in. What's happening, man? Hey, Jack, first of all, congratulations on that uh, mile finish time. That was impressive. Ah, Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was a big, big moment for me. So uh, my uh, couple of comments. Uh, Using last year uh, a four-win season as a frame of reference, watching the preseason game and, uh, you know, seeing some information out of practice and so forth, I – I'm looking for 10 wins, and here's why. Uh, the defensive additions, you know, I could start to name them, whether it's safety, cornerback, linebacker, uh, some people returning on the D-line, uh, the addition of Kerrigan. So the, I think the defense wins three or four more right there versus last year. The better quarterback play, it can't be worse. Yep. Uh, I think Jake's been a nail of 50-yarder to win one. I was impressed with those uh, his kicking uh, Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh, lastly, as something that Tom touched on to start was uh, – on my list here is penalties. Uh, the Eagles were the they were third worst last year. It was so nice to watch the opening series and not see flags left and right. Yep. It seems like every year, last three or four seasons, you you it was like okay, we're watching an additional preseason game with all these penalties on the first regular season game of the year. And you know, a lot of times it was probably Jason Peters uh, doing at least one of those. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Rick. Yeah, but it's but yeah, I agree. Like it's it's quick quick trigger. There. Well, I actually I accidentally hit it. I, I was, was like say, hovering yeah. over it, and I thought he was gonna finish making his point. Listen, sorry about that. Rick. It wasn't perfect execution. I gotta yeah. be honest with you. But look to to Rick's point, it was a good one. Last year they had 107 penalties. I mean, I think I think Doug's clearly a good coach. He won the Super Bowl here. I believe he was a better coach than quarter than Carson Wentz was a quarterback. But now that we're removed from the year, like they were, they looked like a sloppily coached football team. Dude, year. they were terrible last year. Like the, the further and further you get away from it, you're like, wow, that was a badly coached yeah, football we team. we might never sit through another year as bad as that one. Yeah, and that's actually one of the refreshing parts of Sirianni is like how yeah. much he seems focused on fixing that kind of stuff. I do think it's funny that, like, I'm so happy Jake Elliott, like, not some kicks down. Like that's the bar for Jake Elliott. All right. So I tweeted this I tweeted this during the game and I got a lot of pushback from the other writers on this. Ah, uh, of course. So if I'm the Eagles, why is Jake Elliott kicking in the preseason? You're not gonna cut him. If he gets hurt, you have to go find another kicker. Like, what's the benefit? Why not just cut somebody on the roster that's not gonna make the team and just have another kicker? Yeah. I mean, do you, do you agree? It's a fair point. Thank you. It's a fair point. Because you know football. Well, listen, and I'm not going to rip those writers down there, but, you know, I'm not sure about them sometimes. You know roster construction. <laughs> well, it just doesn't the, – the Jake Elliott contract, like, guarantee was insane. Right. It, it, that's the thing. Like, you're not cutting Jake Elliott. They are not cutting well, him. Well, they can't. Yeah, I think they it, it's like 3 or $4 million in dead cap space if they cut awesome. him. It's ridiculous. Awesome. So they're not going to cut him. I would just rest him until week one at this point. All right, 215-592-9494. It's Go Birds Radio. Jack Fritz in for James Seltzer here with Elliot Shore Parks. On the other side, Elliot, I want to settle a debate with you uh, with the help of people out there listening, yes. uh, of course, about two things that we do as Eagles fans and which is actually better. 
Yeah, you texted me about this last night, and you're very excited to talk about it. I am. It, so, I yeah. am. We'll get to that coming up next. It's Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's Go Birds Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. A little bit left here before leading off, coming up at the top of the hour, Jack Fritz in for James Seltzer, here with Elliot Shore Parks. And Elliot, you know, that video that went around, uh, a couple weeks ago with, with Nick Sirianni coming off the beach straight into the, yes. the wedding. And I famously, I guess at this point, the first time I hosted this along with Seltzer, um, I said I don't like the term Go Birds. It's it, crazy. I, I don't think it's crazy because it's, it's personally me. And it's nothing mm. against the podcast name. I'm not taking I a know, shot at I the know, podcast. It's just like. I'm on Go Birds saying you don't like the name Go yeah, Birds. Yeah, it usually doesn't personal. go well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I actually just don't like you and Seltzer. It's yes. pretty much the, what I'm trying to say. But Go Birds, like the term, and like when someone does it in public, it's just, eh, you know, just doesn't. So, I don't like it. So here, throw the question out. So my question is, and I thought of this because Sirianni is coming off the beach and he was at this wedding and they just started with an Eagles chant. And I thought to myself, see, that's what I that's what I connect with. Like an Eagles Eagles chant, chant, an impromptu Eagles chant is way more of a connector of a community than a little go birds. Like I am a bigger fan of the impromptu Eagles chant than I am of the impromptu go birds. So I agree with you in the way that, you know, and I'm sure we've all been in this situation. Like you're on an airplane and someone does it, and people start yelling, right? Like yeah, it gives it gives it brings chills. Yeah. So I agree that it brings people together, but I think and maybe it's a personality thing. But like a Go Birds is a nice, just like casual. It's not like super like aggressive. It's like, a quick hitter. Yeah. It's like yo Go Birds. Yeah, and I instead of like you got to yell and you do the whole name, and then like if no one else does it with you, you feel silly. Yeah, but that's why that's why it brings people together because it's the well, community. Well, if, if other people do no, it, no, but you plan it. You out ever a been around bit. a bad Eagles chant? It's awkward. By the time they get to the G, it's like, oh my god. Yeah, it is awkward. Yeah. It is awkward. There's a lot more risk with the impromptu Eagles that's what chant. I'm saying. But like, I just you know, I connect more with the impromptu Eagles chant where and the key to a great Eagles chant is the deep E. Yes. You know, it can't be like E. It's like E. Like really get into it. Like it's a nice deep voice. Really yeah, get yeah. underneath it and then and then bring out the E A G L E S Eagles. Like I just think if I'm thinking about the face of the Eagles franchise, right? right. If I'm thinking about the Eagles franchise as a whole. I want people to react better to an, a prompto Eagles chant than a Go Birds. Well, it's what they do after touchdowns. So like I I I think it is way more synonymous with the organization than Go Birds is. It is, and yeah. plus there's also a lot of different bird related teams. Yes. Like, you could say Go Birds if you're a Falcons fan. Well, but do they, though? I don't know if they do. I don't live in Atlanta. I don't Atlanta. think they would. Like, Seahawks. Like, Go Birds. Yeah, but I they, can see that. But you can't do a deep, impromptu Eagles chant anywhere else but here. Yeah, and it's, you know, as someone that's on the radio, it sounds weird to say, but when I'm out in public, like, I just don't like drawing attention to myself. So I just feel like yelling and doing a whole chant, it's just you're really putting yourself out there. It really is. Yeah. It really is. But I think it's like... You know, I just I feel way happier, way connected, more connected to the the fans with the Eagles chant than I do like a, an off like hey go birds like anyone can well, say if go. you say it like that no but yeah. like anyone can say go birds an Eagles chant takes a lot of effort agree well wait, maybe a caller will give us two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four let's go back to the phones and talk to the Matt and Potsdam what's happening Matt. Well, come on, Jack. We put you in the driver's seat. I can't seat. see it. It's so sunny in here. <laughs> What's up, Matt? What's happening? Hey. Um, in Seattle, it's definitely it's, it's go Hawks. And Atlanta oh, doesn't say anything because they're too, 
Atlanta doesn't say anything because they're too bougie. So go birds <laughs> is pretty much Philly. Go yeah, birds. but which which um, makes you feel happier, Matt? Getting a go birds at you or starting an Eagles chant and being a part of that it, community? It, if you're going to get with the, the the Eagles chant, like you you know you start out that gets your motor going because you know it, it's much more. Um, you put a lot more into it. The Go Birds just kind of casual. It's like Go Birds, you know, just on That's the That's what I'm saying. Go Birds. Yeah, it's like a nice yeah, little, but, just put it yeah. out there. Just a little fist bump, Go Birds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just go, going back to a conversation much earlier, I, I can't let this go. Fish is terrible. terrible there it is. Terrible. Agreed. Everyone knows that. Terrible in every <laughs> essence. Um, Eagles, let's, let, let, let's, let's seriously talk about this. You know, it's a scrimmage. It's, it's a, you know, it doesn't really do anything for me. It didn't move my needle one way or the other. Here's what I love about it, though. I mean, Except he and none of them were for a loss. Like, you know, if it was a bad play or it wasn't going well, he rolled, he got rid of it. He didn't eat it. I love yeah. that. I love yeah. the fact that fans looked more mobile, they more there was nonsense. We were actually after people. I'm really excited about the defense going forward, and I agree. I don't think he's going to be here more than two seasons and not be a bad thing. I think he's really going to get picked up and, and go, go places. I like yeah. Gannon a lot. I agree. Um, he is a he is a the, uh, personality of a head coach too. Like speaking to him a few times, yeah. you could see him being a head coach. Oh, absolutely. And and I'm and I and I I given him credit. You know, we all cracked a lot of jokes about him, but I, I always have given him you know a, a chance. In my opinion, we all crack jokes, but I'm really liking Sirianni. I'm liking him a lot. Here, when we saw that team, here's the biggest thing. I only looked at really important the first ten to twelve plays, and we were efficient. We put points on the board. And we were very good on both sides of the ball. So I was gold for my first 12, you know, 12 plays of the game. That's all I want. The rest of it was just gravy, just watching them run around and stuff. But here's the thing. Limited to no penalties. We were lined up. We looked like a squad for a rookie coach who came in under some controversy. I thought it was A-plus all the way around, in my opinion. I'm not saying they're 12 wins, playoffs or nothing. But in terms of a football team on the field, in terms of, Looking at Jalen Hurts, looking at some of the skill positions, and looking at our defense, I'm A-plus all the way around um, mm-hmm. from, from this past week. All right, Matt, appreciate the call, man. It's so funny how, like, the reaction is like, wow, they just got the plays in on time. Sirianni is, is a good coach. Well, it just shows, and this is what I've been trying to say all offseason, that they were such a disaster last year, and they still won four games. So, like, there is talent on this roster. If they can just be a competent coaching staff and get competent quarterback play, you're looking at, you know, eight or nine wins right there. And then you add in the fact that they have a really easy schedule. I do think, you know, Lurie, Jeffrey Lurie has a really good track record of hiring head coaches. Like, I, I you know, people say, oh, I'm not saying 12 wins in the playoffs. I don't think 10 or 11 wins in the playoffs is extremely unrealistic. Yeah, and I, you say that a lot, and I just, you know. Well, I'm on a lot. I know. Yeah. You are on a, a shocking <laughs> amount. But I just, I, I, can't, I just can't get there. I just don't think they're but good. But why? Enough. But why? Because I don't think they're good. I don't. But where see, do you see the flaws? I don't think they. I don't think they have enough talent on offense to consistently put enough points up. But you yourself have said you like Jalen. I like because Jaylen he's Hurts. a winner. Yeah, so if I they think have, he's, a, I think he's going to play a winning style of football. But so an eight and nine winning style of football. Yeah. Like, okay. Which is fine. Like again, so you think they, they're going to go eight and nine with a winner at quarterback? Yeah, I think that's perfectly okay. fine. I think it's perfectly but, fine but if they if win that many games. Look at their offense. Okay, so let's go. Let's go through the offense really quick. The offensive line. Very good. Very good. And obviously, if they stay healthy. The running backs. Fine. Miles Sanders. I mean, it's annoying that he hasn't played. I, I know everyone's like, well, they're resting for the preseason. Like, how about he comes into camp in shape and ready to play a football season? Because he's never he – Well, I do think it. he's in shape. But but maybe. But, like, he can't even play a full game. Like, they, he gets tired in the second half. All right. Well, I'm bigger on the running backs than you are. But it seems like you at least said good. 
the, the tight ends. Very good. good. Like, very good. If Earth is here. Yeah, well, Earth is going to be here. Maybe. Well, okay. He's <laughs> well, here right now. He's here right now. My yeah. point on offense is if you like Jalen Hurts, and it seems like you're turning Right, but you're not going – you're not even getting to the most important part, which is the receivers. But the receivers are the least important part of the offense. If you were to re- if you're going to build your offense, I guess maybe running backs would be. But if you're going to build your offense, you would go head coach, quarterback, offensive line, top three. And you like all three of those. I don't like the head coach. I like the offensive well, line. You said you thought Sirianni was good on Thursday. I thought he was good on Thursday because he literally just was the normal coach. Like he okay, just so got you're not, the you're not coming the... around on him yet. No. I, okay, I, right. I, I don't like Hurts. I don't like Sirianni at all, but wow. we'll see. Okay. We'll see on, on him. But, like, other than that, like, like we've been complaining about not having enough weapons on offense forever. Devontae Smith, I think, is going to be fine, but if, if he can't stay healthy, like, their wide receiver one is who? Quez Watkins? Yeah, the receivers are, I agree, they probably have one of the worst receiving units in the NFL. Yes, and we'll see about Quez. Yeah, and Quez, look, Quez has potential. We'll see about Devontae Smith. There, there are things that could change. I agree the receiver's not good, but ultimately they have, in my opinion, a good head coach, a good quarterback, and a good offensive line. And if you have those three things, you're going to have a good offense, and I think their defense is going to be really good. They should be. I mean, on paper. But like we said, <laughs> they've been like the most injured team in football for the last four years. All right, let me ask you this. Yes. It, look at the NFC East. Which, how would you rank Sirianni, Hurts, and the Eagles' offensive line? Like, so would you take McCarthy, Dak, and the Cowboys' offensive line? Yes. You would? Okay, because yeah, their offensive line's pretty bad, and McCarthy's— Yeah, I don't okay. like McCarthy, but I, I believe in Just because of Dak. Yeah, okay. I believe in Dak. Washington. Ron Rivera, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and their offensive line. I would line. still probably take Washington. Wow, really? I like, they I have like, a good offensive line, but— I know. I like Fitzy. I mean, that's, oh, that's, you're— a, Okay, well, this explains a, a lot. I'm a Fitz believer. A career loser. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the Giants. I'm a, yeah. Oh, terrible. Yeah. yeah. I think I think the Giants are going to be terrible this year. I agree. I, I think they're definitely fourth. Place. I couldn't root against the head coach harder than I'm rooting against Joe Judge. And it's interesting how we're talking about, like, Jalen Hurts is struggling in red zone drills, which matters and is important. But then you look at Giants practice, and it's like guys are retiring, <laughs> and they're running laps after every every practice pretty much because they're so, like, disorganized. No, it's 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 insane. And, and like, he's just – he's such a fake tough guy. Like, uh, yeah. like personally, he's a you wouldn't say that guy. to his face. No, but he's a Philly. He can't be a Philly guy anymore. Like he, that oh. whole that whole thing is. Wow. Like, he got okay. out of the window. All right, let's go to Jimmy in New Jersey. What's happening, Jimmy? Hey, good day to you, fellas. You hey, too. You too, pal. How are you? Oh, good. Uh, just in case he's got his ears on, shout out to James and his wife. Uh, happy anniversary, and uh, congrats to you, Jack, on uh, a really gutsy performance this week under really horrible conditions. I mean, some are saying it is the gutsiest performance in recent Philly sports history. Yeah. It, it was impressive. Be, I'll tell you what, I think it was gutsy just for the people that were following it, much less you. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, Elliot was out there doing sideline reporting. In I mean, jeans, by the way. Yeah, Howard Eskin wasn't there, the normal sideline reporter. Because Hel- Elliot is going for his job. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. <laughs> I, was re- I was really encouraged with the Eagles' performance on Thursday night, to tell you frankly. I uh, – I saw enough good things going on there to uh, believe that uh, this team's uh, on the upshoot. Uh, they, 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 they tackled better. Uh, the the uh, secondary was actually facing the ball instead of looking away from the ball. Uh-huh. They looked pretty good coming off the ball. And I really do believe that the, uh, the play of the offensive line last year made all the skills position players really look bad. I think that's going to be a big difference this year. Yeah, if they can stay healthy, they could have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Now, where I'd push back a little is I think ultimately the quarterback is why everybody looked so bad last year. But, but yes, the offensive line, if they get better offensive line play, the, the whole team is going to be better. 
Well, I, I wasn't too disappointed with uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, he could have easily been five out of seven without those drops. And yeah, I, sure. I really do believe that the rest of the team is good enough that a serviceable quarterback will suffice. He doesn't have to be a world beater. Yeah, I agree. If, if you can get top 15 play from Jalen this year, they're a playoff team. Amen. Jimmy, appreciate the call, buddy. Talk to you soon. Yeah, it's it, – it, you know – Carson was such a damper on yeah, like, really was. and I, and I love Carson and I'm one of the few that are like rooting for him out in Indianapolis. Cause I, 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 it's mostly that I want to be proven right. But I also think like, oh, it's definitely what it is. It is. But also yeah. like, I just don't, I don't have this venom towards Carson that it feels like a lot of people Which have. I don't get like he bounced on this team. He, the, the team put everything behind him, and he bounced. Yeah, but they 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 also kind of they they ruined his character a little bit with the no, leaks no, and stuff. No, 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 yes, no. they did. Yes, they did. No, no, no. I do not think they did that. We have no idea where these leaks came from. I mean, like ultimately, at the end of the day, no, we can't figure out who the leaks. Came no, no, from. no. But what I'm saying is, like, ultimately, the, the, yes, they missed on draft picks. But I do not think that he had he should have left. Like I. I get why because of just, like, the history with the city and the full stuff, but they gave him a contract for $150 million when he was coming off an injury. They tried to put weapons around him. It didn't work out. Like, I don't know. People supported him in the city for a long time, and he dipped when things got They hard. brought back and the guy who was the main source of the article that got leaked. They drafted a quarterback in the second round the year after he got him back to the playoffs. They leaked about practice habits. They, they the, the head coach didn't back him up in a press conference. I, I disagree, but, look, I, I, I just think ultimately – Carson, when things got tough, left the team. And I like I would rather have Jalen Hurts as my quarterback than Carson. All right. 215-592-9494. Last segment on the other side. On the other side, actually, I'm gonna tell you why it was so important for this one Eagles player to look good on Thursday night. Who was it and why? I'll tell you that coming up next. As we've talked about before, and I gotta tell you one more time, the Park Sportsbook is the official sportsbook partner of the real sports fans. Golf's in full swing. You can bet on it all. As I've said, you can bet baseball, MMA, and more. Live in-game play-by-play betting lets you bet while you watch. The only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in Pennsylvania and the only one I would recommend. You bet the money line as it changes during the game on the Park Sportsbook app, and you can bet on individual player performances as they happen as well. If you've never live bet before, it's exhilarating. I would highly recommend it. With baseball, you can bet on hits, home runs, pitcher strikeouts for every inning. For golf, you can bet on match winners, bet on leaders after rounds, and more. Or you can always bet on spreads, parlays, props, teasers, and over-unders. New customers, sign up right now and get your first risk-free bet up to $500. Just download the app or click parkscasino.com forward slash PA and use promo code GOBIRDS. Your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. The website has all the details. It's Go Birds Radio. We are on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Jack Fritz, Elliot Shore Parks. I'm in for James Seltzer today. And Elliot, I thought it was really important uh, that Joe Flacco looked good on, on Thursday night. Okay. Because it was a pretty insane stat from our, our good friend Ruben Frank, who I heard you with a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. which is always great. Always good. So the last eight times the Eagles have reached the postseason – in 2006, 08, 09, 2010, 2013, 2017, 2018, and 2019, the backup quarterback has played meaningful snaps. Yeah. And that's that's a pretty good track record. And given that their track record with injuries I'm, it might continue. But, like, if you, if you think they're going to make the playoffs, again, I don't. But if you think they're going to make the playoffs, 
Like Joe Flacco might have to take down some some snaps here, and the fact that he doesn't look completely done, I thought was important. Well, and then especially when you look how Nick Mullins looked, right? I mean, yeah. there's a lot of talk about paying Joe Flacco too much money, but I think that three and a half million seems well spent when you look at what uh, Nick Mullins looked like. Here's where I would push back a little bit, and I know the Eagles can't operate this way and all that. If Jalen Hurts goes down in the playoffs, do we really want a backup coming in and killing it? Like after what Carson just went through, and I I know you can't operate that you way. Have but I'd be to lying win the game. if yeah. You have I, to win right, the game. I get it, but it is, it would be unbelievable. And Flacco's different because Flacco's at the end of his career. Nick, you know, still had aspirations of being a starter, so there are differences. But I just think, like, man, after how after seeing what it did to Carson, do you really want is the best thing for this organization to have Joe Flacco win a playoff game? Well, he is the clutchest playoff performer of all time. He is. He'd so. be a good playoff quarterback to have. That's my yeah. worry. That's what I'm saying. I know. Like, yeah. I know. I personally think the Eagles just should never give the number ten out to a quarterback again. You know, to number to, ten. Yeah, to any of these like these training camp guys. I mean, like Mullins is terrible. Chase Daniel was terrible. Why number ten though? Well, because Chase Daniel, I thought was the worst. Oh, I've ever seen. right. Okay. They were was McGloin ten? Like McGloin, I think might have been I feel ten. Like he was like a fourteen, and then maybe not. Detmer, I mean Detmer, obviously wore number ten. But yeah, you know, true. They, they, AJ Feely wasn't he ten? He it, the, the number does not have a great connotation no, with the history no, of the not. Eagles. So you know, if you if you want to guarantee success for your quarterback or not have success, give him number ten in, in training camp. But two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go back to the phones and talk to Black Gertie. What's happening, buddy? What up, man? Let me tell you something. Go Birds is a handshake. The Eagles chant is the wave. Okay. Sometimes the wave is great, but sometimes the wave gets broken. When gentlemen are out in these streets, you say go birds, and we know it's popping. That's we what know I, what it is. That's what I was saying. That's what yeah, I was saying. We, I feel like we, it's we a nice thing is. you can just say in passing. Yeah, but you yeah. don't feel as connected. Anyone can say go birds, but a no, good, no. well-executed the Eagles I, chant means I, something. I feel connected either way because I'm an Eagles fan, and I know what it is. Just because you don't know what it is and don't know how to respond in kind, I don't. you're the one that's disconnected. I you're don't. broken. Hundred yeah, percent agree with you. This. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what their qualifications are for being an Eagles fan. Like, how big of an Eagles fan are they? Are they just saying go Birds because they think they can? Are, are you going to hold Philly? Who's a Philly guy? Polls on every person you meet. No, you say go. <laughs> well, birds, he did it on his coworkers. So. And you keep going. Exactly. How you hosting this show? Who trusted you? Yeah. Who trusted you? And who made Jack a Philly guy too? By the way. <laughs> Who did it? Yeah. I mean, he did run his run. I'm, he did. Week. I'm letting him, let him live this week. Well, he's he an athlete. He doesn't mean yeah. he's a Philly. I gritted my way through story. that. True story. Yeah. True story. He did grit his way through. So let me tell you something. So, <laughs> Elliot, you're you're absolutely wrong about um, them sandbagging Carson because it's 50-50. They're both to blame. But you, you just back the, the cow all the time when it comes to it because you got to report job. Well, what you am got, I wrong about? Tell me what I'm wrong about. The, the same thing Jack said you were wrong about. Because Jack was right, you were wrong. So I'm not going to repeat that, but okay. it is what it is. Okay. So when the call earlier, the guy kept saying, we've got to get 10 years of players. and Dude, the league is changing. Yes. We're flipping and dipping all over this league. Look at L.A. Look at the Rams. They thought they had the guy. They switched the guy. They moved the guy. They brought in the cornerback. This whole we've got to suck to get draft picks, which Lord knows doesn't guarantee we're going to get the guys, versus – potentially get in the playoffs, we're in a, a, a 50-50 division at best if we're not dumpster fire. So we get in the playoffs anytime we can to build up the young players we do have and give them the confidence to become Fletcher Coxes of the team. Yeah. This whole we don't need to make play, that, that whole mindset is just driving me crazy. Well, when the league the is other, changing. The other thing, build for ten years like that. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a great point. Like this whole idea of like find a quarterback that can be your guy for eight years. Eight years ago, Chip Kelly hadn't even coached a game for this a, a game for this team. Think about how long that is. I think people need to look more at like two to three year windows, and then you figure it out. But like this idea that you build through the draft, and you're going to find all these great guys are going to be here for ten plus years. It's just not how it works. 
and and look at what the Chargers did when they had Drew Brees and then switched over to Rivers. That's the dream scenario where you had two guys that you could possibly – but the rest of the league, look at the Browns. They've gone through 32 quarterbacks in that yep. time frame. Yeah. Where one team had two all-world quarterbacks. So it's not that, – that mindset is not the way the league's working. We need turnover. We need to move. We need to take any opportunity we can to build up the players that we have. So you're right about that. And as always, go Birds! There he is. Black nice, happy medium. Yes, of course. Uh, it's just so funny. Like, first off, the NFL is not like other sports leagues. Like, you can't just you can't just tank and, and all that stuff. Like, right. you're not going to – not all these great players are always found at the top of the draft. Like NFL, I think is actually, well, besides baseball, but no one really cares about the baseball draft besides or me. baseball. But yeah. but but like you you find talent all throughout the NFL draft. Like you just have to find game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a second round pick in the NFL is equivalent in a lot of ways to a first round pick in other sports. So you don't have yes, you would like to be picking in the top ten, but you can find you should find starting caliber talent at the end of the first round, in the second round, and really in the third round too. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and like the whole like the the caller brought up earlier about like oh you know if they make the playoffs this year it's not going to matter. It's like of course it matters. Your quarterback and your head coach are going to doubt or prove a lot of the doubters wrong. Yes, it's I not think- like it's not like these guys have been here for five years and like this will be a one off run. This is supposed to be the building of something. And I understand. I do understand the whole yes, you want to draft high, but think about what it'll look like if this team's drafted in the top five. They'd have no quarterback. Sirianni probably is a disaster. The roster isn't as good as everybody thinks. You would much rather go ten and seven, nine and eight, or whatever, and have there be positives throughout and draft like ten spots lower. That's right. Let's go back to the phones and talk to Matt and Glenside. What's happening, Matt? Hey guys, how's it going? What's going on, man? Hey Elliot, you know us uh, uh, Howie Roseman guys are looking pretty good these days. Yeah, you know wow. it was only it was only a matter of time. Once the football started up, the Howie got the Howie's guys always look right. Good, so. It's it's always yeah. great in training camp, though. Yeah, it's training camp. But I will say, I think Jane, he did well. Um, the fact that, you know, he we snatched up Tyree Jackson. I did how he, how he pulled that guy in, didn't he? Yeah, and actually, real quick, Matt, who was it that drafted Quez Watkins? Was, I believe it was Howie. I Rose. feel like it was Howie. Also, Milton Williams, I'm trying to remember. Was that Howie or was that? That was probably it was, Howie. It was definitely not uh, whoever. Yeah, it wasn't Tom Donahue. Yeah, it wasn't Tom that. Donahue. Yeah, that one was clearly a Howie pick, so. Definitely. And the other thing about Jalen Hurts, is, you know, just, I know you guys are running out of it, but uh, so a couple things. When when Donovan McNabb was drafted, not everybody liked it. My dad liked it. When Nick Foles was drafted, there wasn't a whole bunch of hubbub about it, but my dad said he watched him in college and liked what he liked okay. what he saw. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm liking where this Uh-oh. is going. Go ahead. And the same thing, you know, happened. Where there was People were not happy about Jalen Hurts. My dad said pretty much the same thing is that, he liked what he saw in college, and he happy, he was happy about the pick, and here we are. Well, well now, now, what happened when they drafted Carson? What did your dad say then? Uh, you know, he looked good. He saw him in college. Oh, no. <laughs> First of all, if you're going to tell this story to other people, <laughs> let me give you a hint. Just lie and say he didn't like Carson. Yeah, right? he hated I, Carson. Oh, come on. All right. But, look, Matt, lie. your dad, certified certified football guy. Yeah, does he want to host? or like, <laughs> Whose dad do you believe in more, Nick Sirianni's dad or Matt and Glenn's dad? I mean, dad? Matt's based off of this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my dad watches more college football than I think some college coaches. I don't know how he gets away. That sounds so boring, Matt. I appreciate the call. I genuinely, like, I just do not get college football. Well, that's because, I mean, look, neither of us. I went to Temple. Their program was a little rough when I was there. I think if you went to a a school with a real college football team. Yeah, yeah. Does your team have a 
college football. Dominant. The oh, really? Dominant Division Two probably. Okay. All yeah. right. So you should like it. All right. End the show here with our good buddy, Ja'Cory in Florida. What's happening, Ja'Cory? What's going on, guys? How you Corey, doing, man? How do you on? feel about Hertzy after Thursday? Um, I think he was slightly, you know, above average, you know. I don't think he was bad. I didn't think he was, like, you know, you know, perfect good, but I think he was a slightly above average. Um, I would have liked to see him, you know, in the pocket a little bit more. I know, you know, the play was breaking down, the line was breaking down more, but I would have liked to see stay in the pocket more and throw. Um, I would have liked him to see a, a make that completion of Quez Watkins. Yeah, it seemed so like Quez know, was held up on that one, but yeah. Yeah. And um, another thing is, too, I think, we need to add a receiver to um to this receiver room. Um, um, Ellie, I seen uh, something. Jeremy Fowler was talking today on ESPN that uh, the Chargers may not extend uh Mike Williams. Yeah. And I was saying, should we trade for him? Like I was thinking of like Ertz and maybe that Washington fifth round pick for uh Mike Williams. Yeah, I, look, I think it would probably take. That's a good more point, Jacory. Thanks yeah, for the call. Yeah, I do think it would take more than Ertz in a fifth. You're probably looking at Ertz in like a second or a third, right? I would think. I mean, Mike Williams is a really good young receiver, so yeah. I'm thinking more than a fifth. But yeah, I would definitely look. He he pairs great too with uh, Devontae. Well, it, it's it's basically what you want JJ Arthaga Whiteside. To be. Yeah, it's, it's like a, it, J, a good version of JJ. Exactly. A rich right. man JJ. Well, Elliot, it was a lot of fun. Oh, it was a blast. Yeah, listen, always, always a good time. It's always you know it's a speedy two hours. Yes, flies by. It's a lot of fun. James Lee back next week with you guys. One to three. I appreciate you letting me hang out. Happy you did it, man. Yes, of course. Well, I'll see you in Westchester later yes. uh, on our drive home. But on the other side, got to get you ready for Phil's Reds. Leading off is coming up next on the other side.